welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast. Oh my gosh, I have to do this. I have to do this because I haven't done this in a while. What's new? Um, I get um, off track and I stop doing podcasts, but I think the last two I did were interviews and I haven't really talked about anything personal in months. I think it's been months. And uh, today I just... I don't know. It just feels like the time because some stuff happened today that seems definitely worthy of, a, uh, I was going to say of a TikTok, of a podcast. That's what I'm doing, podcast. And um, But I have a bunch of other stuff that I've been meaning to share. So um, I will get into some other little miscellaneous items first. And then um, what I wanted to talk to you about was um, a Tinder exchange today that I thought was really important to share. Um, but I will start with, this is kind of awesome, nice, fun, um, happy news. I am now officially a U equals U ambassador for the PAC campaign or movement. That's the prevention access campaign. And um, so what that means now is I'm on their website as one of their ambassadors. I think there's probably like 20 of us maybe all together. So um, people that are comfortable sharing their stuff status and talking about you equals you through social media. So we have, you know, some light expectations, nothing more than I really already do anyways for you equals you. So it was like a kind of a no brainer to say yes. Um, there's like some more like meetings that I'd probably need to need to attend. Um, but like I know Cameron, he's basically the head of it in D. And um, so these people are people that I've already known from the U equals you movement um, that I've met at um, various conferences and all of that. So now I am I'm there as one of the official ambassadors, and I'm really um, proud of this title and um, looking forward to continuing to spread the word about U equals U. I mean, it should be said every single day in my social media in some way, so I do try to. I'm, I'm on a roll, and I like literally two minutes in, I'm getting the mom. Mom! Like, I can't escape for a second. Hold on. I'm doing a podcast! I'm doing a podcast. Thanks. That was my 21-year-old. Um, so there's that. That's awesome. And um, let's see. The latest on my... I'm still undetectable. What's new? Nothing's changed in that way. I shouldn't say what's new like it's so blase, but really it is. Nothing's changed in six years. I've been undetectable for six years. A few little blips. I always mention those, but they're nothing that meant that I was transmissible in any way transmittable, transmissible, same thing. Um, but I did have a little bit of a CD4 drop. Um, I went my last time, I was just over 500, which was like, I think my highest CD4 yet. And it went down to about four, I don't remember, 410, 415, something like that. And what's infuriating about this is that um, I'm doing absolutely everything right. I get lots of sleep, I don't drink, I exercise, my stress levels are pretty low, I haven't been sick, no colds, no COVID, nothing, and um, I take my medicine on time, well, I'm undetectable, so that part's, you know, basically separate, like, the virus is undetectable, means, you know, it's not doing anything, so my... CD4 is my immune system. And so, you know, there's nothing interfering with it getting higher, the number getting higher. Um, so it's, it's annoying. It's annoying that that number isn't like 800 or whatever. So 
I announced it, you know, because I'm pretty open, obviously, about my results. And it's always kind of fun to do like a blind result open on my medical chart when they come in. And I didn't this time for whatever reason. But um, I was like, fuck, are you kidding? Like it went down? Like why? You know, and it's like, It's just a number. It really is. But it is, it does carry some bragging rights when people say, you know, oh, yeah, I'm like in the 800 range. It's like, don't rub salt in my wound. Like, it's just, and it really means nothing because I feel absolutely fine. I don't feel sick. I am not sick. I don't get sick. And I'm doing everything right. So it, it's not like I'm fearful, like, oh my God, I'm going to end up under 200. I'm going to be like, you know, susceptible to opportunistic infections. I'm going to have an AIDS diagnosis. I don't worry at all about that. It's just a status thing. It really is. It's so stupid. And I wish I had never said anything because then I get everybody telling me ways on what I can do to like increase my CD4 or do you think it's this? Do you think it's that? And it just, I don't know why, but that bothers me. Like I just... I, I don't, you know, no, no. And I just, I get all these messages and I know everybody means well, but it's, it just, I don't know why I just like, it's my health and part of it. I don't really want to discuss with anybody. Like I'm, there's nothing I'm doing wrong, you know? And so I knew my appointment with my doctor would be coming up and there isn't anything you can do. I mean, maybe, I don't know, ginseng. I don't freaking know. I mean, I don't take any supplements, And I've never been told by my doctor who's very conservative. And if she felt like there was a specific magic way to increase your CD4, she certainly would have told me by now. And that just has never, ever come up. So um, I just don't think that there is a way to increase your CD4 other than doing all the things I'm already doing. Um, But it didn't, it didn't go up. So anyways, um, as I thought, she would not be concerned about it. And she wasn't. She said, look, you're always trending up. It's always showing us where it's going. And she goes, your CD4 can change hourly. So it, you know, it really doesn't mean a whole lot that it was down a hundred points. It doesn't mean that you're like, you're getting sick or anything like that, which is what I assumed anyway. So she said, look, it's already been over 500. That just means that that's the direction it's going. You know, you're not consistently in the 300 range or anything like that. You've consistently been kind of in the 400 range. And we also don't know what my baseline was. My baseline could have been 600. Who knows? I mean, we don't, none of us know what our baseline is unless we get some kind of autoimmune disorder. And then we need to know our CD4, which is again, uh, for those that don't know, it's the T cell, it's your immune system. And like a healthy, I I don't want to say healthy, a person without HIV, like typically they say would have like around a 700 to 1500. Um, if you have an AIDS diagnosis, it's under 200. My diag- right now I'm around 500, but my doctor doesn't consider me, you know, immunocompromised or anything. She's not concerned at all. So, um, so that's where it stands. Oh, there's my, my, uh, alarm to take my pill. This is my, this is my Devado. I already took it. Um, so anyways, that's the latest with the CD4. I'm going to check that off on the things I'm talking about. Um, Cabanuva is next. I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, She was, we talked about it on my last appointment, which was, I think, April 8th. And she said, yeah, I'm going to start a patient on it this, like, week coming up. So um, she said she was fine with me starting when I come back, there's no oral lead-in anymore. There used to be an oral lead-in for a month. You would take the two pills because it's two drugs. You would take the two pills 
by mouth every day for a month before you got the injection. And that was basically from what um, CyberHomo told me. He's um, on Instagram at CyberHomo. Um, and he told me because he does the injection. Edward is his name. Um, he said, I'm surprised that they took the oral lead-in out because I thought that was like them um, seeing if you had any sort of like allergic reaction or whatever, then you could just stop it immediately. Whereas if you get the injection and there's some kind of like reaction, you've just got a really big dose put in your body that's got to take a long time for it to fade away. I was like, oh, interesting. But they they say now that they don't, you don't have to go that route. So you can go directly for the injection. So um, I'm like all excited because of course I want to be able to report back to everybody else how it's all going. And I think it'd be great to not have to take a pill a day. Although it's kind of like, again, it's not a big deal for me to take a pill. I already take other pills at night. So it's just taking one extra out. It won't make any difference for me because I'm still going to take all those pills that I take at night. Anyways, like I take a probiotic and I take my melatonin. I take a like over the counter. Um, CVS uh, has like a little, it's a blue, um, it's a sleeping pill, but it's like real mild, but it does help me sleep. I take gabapentin for my restless leg syndrome. And so anyways, um, it would just be taking that out on honestly. So it was, so it doesn't psychologically make any difference to me. I will still be taking pills at a certain time every single day. So it was more so just to a really, okay. For a couple things so that I could tell people what it was like for one thing. And that, so I could say for dating purposes, look, it's under my doctor's control. They give me an injection. I just wanted to see how that would play out. They give me an injection and, um, my doctor's control. I'm under my doctor's care is what I wanted to say. They give me an injection and I don't have to, um, and, and anyways, I'm undetectable. I can't transmit it because my doctor gives me this injection and it's all taken care of. See, I think for stigma, it's going to be good. I really do. I think that that's going to be good for the non-HIV people to hear. Oh, your doctor takes care of you. You're under your doctor's care and it's all taken care of. Like that would make me feel confident in dating somebody with HIV thinking there's nothing to worry about because they go to their doctor and it's taken care of by the doctor. Am I just belaboring this? But you know what I mean? Okay. So those were my reasons. And she said, um, you know, we didn't really come to a conclusion at the end of my appointment on how I was going to start it. Was I just going to go in on my next appointment, which is July, I think 11th. Do I just go in and like we started? I don't even know. We have, we didn't really discuss how that was going to go down. So I need to send her an email to actually find out um, what her thought was on, on all of that. Did she want me to do the oral lead in? I don't know. She said I didn't have to. And it's every other month now. I don't know what I've talked about in the last podcast or not, but um, yeah, it's every other month. So it's not every month. And I'm hearing whispers of people saying, you know, that we're, we're working to getting to like even every six months with medications. And that that's kind of where, what we're shooting for. It's at some point that we will be hopefully at a point where we can just get an injection and we won't have to have another one for another six months, which would be freaking unreal. Like that would be really amazing for so many people who don't like doing the pill every day. And it really does affect them psychologically. Like that would be, um, just so awesome. So anyways, um, the, the, here's what's happened. Um, I've gotten feedback from people, um, who have started the treatment. I've got, um, like Edwards doing it. He, he says, yeah, the shot hurts a little bit, but it's fine. You know, 
it's not that bad. He said, yeah, it's kind of painful. And I know like the original dose that you get and the second, okay, so the first dose you get is going to be the biggest one you're going to get apparently. I hope I'm saying this right, but this is what I've heard. The first dose that you get is the biggest of all the doses. The second dose you get two months later is not as big as the first. The third dose you get two months later is not as big as the second, right? And then it, and then it, it tapers off, I guess, into a normal dose or whatever. Um, so I'm not sure, but I, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not sure if, if I'm explaining it right, but I'm pretty sure that's what I've heard. Um, okay. So Edwards doesn't have any problems with it. No side effects, nothing. Um, but I do know a woman, um, who has HIV and she got really sick, like missed work sick after her first initial dose, um, and had hives and a fever. Oh shit. I'm not sure if she had hives. She had a fever. I know the fever for sure. It was 101 point something. Um, they for sure attributed it to, a allergic reaction or just some kind of reaction to the cabin of cabinuva injection. So she said she was so sick, um, and you know, missed work that she cannot do this. And she's can't wait to get back to the pill every day because she didn't have any side effects with her pill. So that's one where it's just, she, you know, she said like, she's really disappointed, but it just didn't work for her. So she's going back to the pill. And then there's a guy who follows me on social media. I just started following him back and, oh my God, I should look up his name, but I don't, it's going to take me forever to find it. He did an, I just posted it on my Instagram story, um, the other day and he did like a three minute video talking about what has happened with him and his experience with Cabanuva. This was what really like made me go, Ooh, do I really want to do this? Okay. He said the injection and by the way, I got a pneumovax when I went to my last doctor's appointment. She, um, the MA put it in my right shoulder. And, um, you know, of course you hear that sometimes you might have swelling with vaccines and all that. Oh my God, my shoulder blew up. I mean, it not like you could see it. It definitely was like, it looked different than my other shoulder and it freaking hurt. And, um, I couldn't, there's no way I could lay on it that night when I was sleeping. Um, I don't remember that happening before, but it might've happened before when I had it, the pneumovax it's for pneumonia. Um, I can't remember if it's happened before, but it hurt. Like I had to take ibuprofen. It was, I was aware of the pain when I wasn't even moving my arm. Like, I'm like, God damn, like that freaking hurt. And I was, I looked it up online and it said, you know, we'll subside within 24 hours. Sure enough, it totally did. And I didn't even need to call the doctor's office. It was pretty much a normal reaction that you can have after having an injection. Um, so keeping that in mind and how uncomfortable I was on my shoulder for just 24 hours or whatever. When I heard his experience, he said that he got, okay, you know, you usually it's two injections. It's each drug is in each injection, right? So two different drugs, one in each injection. And, um, they, I guess they recommend, well, I guess you can do it however you want, but it's kind of in your upper hip, you know, it's not right in your tush. So it's in your upper hip. And the guy who was, who, uh, did this, I'm going to be so sorry that I didn't get his name, but I just, if I go and look at my phone, it's going to take me forever to find it. Um, he's a, he's a very, um, muscular guy. Like he's in, he's really fit. So he's doesn't have any fat on him really. I mean, he looks like he's pretty muscular. So, you know, it went into his muscular hip and he said he was so sore, like 
super sore. He could, you know, I think he got one on each side. He said if he had done it on one on or both on one side, he would have been a mess. Um, he had trouble sleeping because of the pain from the injection site. This was his main complaint was the injection site was so painful that he needed to take. Um, I know he took ibuprofen. I can't remember if he took a painkiller, like something stronger, like a narcotic, but he said it was, um, really, really uncomfortable. Like, and it lasted for a week. That was the other part is that it lasted for a week. Okay. So it's relentless rebel Kennedy, Brandon Kennedy. So he's the one who left it. Uh, oh, it's still up. So it's like his fourth story at the moment. Here's part of it. On here really quick because a lot of people have been asking me for um updates regarding cabanuva um i made a video post um a few months back now letting you guys know that i was really excited to start the treatment and all of that stuff and i keep getting a lot of inquiries in my inbox and my dms asking me about how the process is going um okay i wanted to wait a little so check out Hold on. <laughs> Check his, it's, I'm not going to play the whole thing, but cause it's like, I think it's over three minutes long, but I, I think it's really good to hear different people's experiences. And so now I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to tell my doctor about these two different people that I heard about and, um, see what she thinks. Cause again, she's really conservative and she might just say, yeah, I don't think it's worth it. And she, but she may say, because I don't know before she was telling me I should wait until it gets more spread out because it was originally every month. And so I think she was sort of wanting me to wait until it was like once every three months. So we're not even there yet. So I'm, I might be waiting. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do it now. I'm in his, his experience really kind of spooked me. So I'm not sure. Okay. Um, let's see. I wanted to mention this is actually happening is a podcast I listened to that's really good. It's um, people's stories and it's just them speaking and telling their stories. And basically they're obviously being asked the questions, but they don't, they edit that part out. And whoever's interviewing them, you don't hear that part either. It's just them telling their stories. And it's always so well edited and they're always really interesting. And I wanted to recommend an episode. This has nothing to do with HIV. Um, it was episode 227. And it was called um, what if you faced a terrifying beast? This one had me so gripped. I could not stop listening. And I just want to play the very beginning of it just to give you an idea of what this podcast sounds like. Um, I always love, they come out once a week and I always think they're, they're really well done. This is actually happening features real experiences that often include traumatic events. Please consult the show notes for specific content warnings on each episode and for more information about support services. It's a little loud. It was like what I felt and what I was watching never synced up. It didn't even look like it was happening. It didn't look like anything. But what it sounded like was awful. And then what it felt like was, I am absolutely here, but this is not happening to us. This is not happening at all. Okay, I will tell you. No, I don't want to tell you. I don't want to give any of it away. But um, yeah, I was captivating. I could not stop listening to that one. That one took me 
all over the place emotionally. And um, he was actually reading an excerpt from his book. If that sounded a little bit like he was reading, he was. Um, he is an author, and he did write about this experience. But um, yeah, the beast is actually an animal. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> It was such a good one. So I just wanted to recommend that one. I can put it, uh, the link in my notes on this podcast, so it'll be there. I'll try to remember that. I'm, I'm usually pretty good about that. Okay, uh, what's next? What's next? Um, I've been going to the gym really regularly, like literally five to six times a week. I love it. I, I think I've talked about that too. I started, I think, you know, I started, I have to look at my notes, but I think I started the day after my HIV diagnosis anniversary, or it was the day of, it's crazy, but it really it was like, I have to look at the receipt. Um, it was like either February, my, the diagnosis date is February 15th, 2016. Um, and I think I got my renewal at Gold's Gym on either the 15th or the 16th of this February. Um, but yeah, I'm going all the time. Um, no one bothers me. No one talks to me. I just do my thing. Definitely like check some people out, but no one, you know, everyone's really cool about not bothering you or trying to like pick up on you, but I definitely feel eyes on me, which is um, nice for the ego. I definitely, definitely feel that it's kind of fun. Um, and what I realized is that, um, it's kind of a funny thing and I am noticing changes I, my, my legs feel so much better. They feel like they're getting toned and more than probably ever in my whole life. Cause I've always just run. And this is the first time that I'm not doing any cardio. It's just weights. That's it. I love it. I go in, I feel the burn constantly. I'm doing so many squats, so many lunges. And I now it's so ingrained in my muscle memory that I can't wait to lunge every day. Like I look forward that to that movement and it feels great where I used to dread lunges and squats. I don't know why, but now I love them and I'm doing lots of arm stuff too. I was just feeling like my triceps were sagging and you know, when I'd wave, I could feel them moving, even though I'm thin, my, everything was getting loose and my skin on my legs felt like it was loosening up and all that. So I'm doing my best before, um, I'm going to be wearing shorts again this summer. And you know, I've never really had enough of a hamstring and I'm really working on that and my ass and, uh, whatever happens there in the middle part of your, uh, like inner upper thighs. Like I want that to have some, you know, like shape and my, my, uh, my outer thighs area. I mean, I, everything, I want everything tight. I want to be muscly. Like that's, that's the goal. But anyways, it was kind of funny. I was realizing the other day as I was on this machine where you strap yourself in, you literally sit down, put the seatbelt on the weights are basically going to be underneath your butt um, and you hump the air. You have to put your feet on these plates up in front of you like they're, you know, your feet are above your waist and then you pull your waist up and you shove your vagina up to the sky and you are doing this for your ass. And, you know, they're glute, it's a glute machine. And um, it's really like a hysterical machine, honestly, but you're facing the wall. Thankfully, when you're shooting your pelvis straight up into the sky, it's not facing anybody, but people could look and see you from, you know, they can see from, they can see you from the head down. So they can see what you're seeing, you know, when you're looking down at your body as you're coming up. And, um, my 
cord from my headphones always gets under that little seat belt thing that's on my waist. So I have to remember to pull that out of the way before I lift up because otherwise it'll get caught. And then my, you know, it's pulling on my ears and my hair also gets caught behind me um, because, you know, there's like a back pad. And so I always have to remember to fix the string and then pull my hair up with my hands like a ponytail. I don't wear a ponytail there. I wear my hair down because um, I like to kind of hide in my hair sometimes. If my hair is hanging down and to the side, then, you know, and I'm doing something, I sort of hide behind it, my face. Um, I just like it. It's kind of like my glasses. I hide behind my glasses too. But anyways, I hold my hair up like a ponytail so that it doesn't get caught underneath. And then I do my thing. And I think I, I think I look pretty good actually from the view I have looking down. Um, it's a good, it's a good view for, um, my age because my stomach looks flat and it's not sagging. I'm not on my hands and my knees. It's the complete opposite. So the gravity is working in that case. Um, but, uh, the string is annoying. And I don't know why all of a sudden, oh, you know what made me realize it? That and I noticed that these guys were all working out at, you know, the, they're, I don't know, doing triceps or something. And they were all taking turns on this one machine and they all had their phones on the ground. And I'm thinking, that's so weird. I can't believe like they're not listening to music or like, you know, something like guys listen to music. And then I was like, oh, duh, they have ear pods in. And of course I keep calling them earbuds because I'm freaking 90 years old, but the ear pods, nobody, not one person has headphones with a string. I don't even think the old guys have headphones with a string. I am the only, oh my God, I almost said a bad word. I'm the only um, person wearing headphones with a string. And uh, all of a sudden I just, I was so humiliated and embarrassed thinking, oh my God, I'm, I'm, totally not cool. So I just ordered the ear pods, earbuds, ear pods, and oh my God, <laughs> this is an after the fact edit. I went to bed and saw something on TikTok. Oh my God. They're called air buds. I cannot get this right. <laughs> I am so showing my name. I keep saying earbuds. Jesus Christ. No, I keep saying <laughs> ear pods. Okay, AirPods. Did I say it wrong again the first time? I don't even know what I just said. Jesus Christ. AirPods. Oh my God, get it together, Jennifer. They came in the mail and I went to use them for the first day at the gym and I was kind of fiddling around with their Wi-Fi there sucks. So it's like you're, and they're in a, I don't know what it is. It's the area that we're in. There's like really, really bad LTE. I can't pick up hardly anything there. So I was connected in the parking lot and then I get inside and for some reason I turned off the Bluetooth and when I went to turn it back on, it would not reconnect to the earphones, earphones, ear pods. Oh my God, ear buds. And so I didn't feel like going all the way back out to my car because I was, I had about another half an hour and I just kept them in my ears because I was embarrassed. I didn't want anyone to know that I um, that I'm, I didn't want to come back in with the one with the string, but I wasn't connected for like a half an hour and I just kept them in my ears. Cause I don't know, I was just embarrassed, but yeah, when I'm there, I cannot ever turn off the Bluetooth cause it won't reconnect at golds cause their Wi-Fi sucks. And they're in this like dead zone where you just, it doesn't work in the building and it hardly even works in the parking lot. Like I think I probably connected before I entered the parking lot. So anyways, that's the latest with golds gym. I'm loving it there. Loving it. Loving it. All right. Um, here's my other latest thing to complain about. 
I'm really annoyed because the city of Watsonville just dropped off these green garbage can um, containers, collection containers. So now we have four different containers. We have a yard waste container, which I actually don't have, recycling, garbage, and now we have food waste food waste. So we have this new one. It's green and it's small, but they want us to put our food scraps in this container. And here's my problem with it. Okay. So we're supposed to throw in like leftover spaghetti sauce, pasta, birthday cake, meat, you name it. Whatever's considered food scraps, you're supposed to throw it in there. But they tell us first to put it in a container in your house, like, you know, we don't want you to have to walk outside to this garbage can every day or anytime you have food you know, make a little container in your house for the food, which is already grossing me out that it's not just going in the garbage. So, and I know people do, um, what are those outside garden things? Uh, I know you all know, uh, I can't think of it, but you know, the shit that you use to put in your garden and stuff. Um, it'll come to me later. But anyways, I know that's kind of like the idea is that it's this the same thing. You're just using all of those scraps. But here's here's the problem. Okay, so first of all, it's going to be really hard. I'm going to have to like now separate food. Like I just that in general is a nightmare for me to think about separating food. Most of the stuff goes down the drain, honestly. But sometimes, yeah, I have food in packages or whatever, and I just put it all in the garbage. I'm really good about recycling, like, and I do clean out all my recyclables, I do, because I didn't even know you're supposed to do that. Somebody told me that, and I was like, oh, shit, I never do that. But I have been doing that, you know, ever since I learned that. It's probably been at least, God, it's been maybe a couple years. Like the milk jug, like, I put water in it and swish it all around and make sure that that's as clean as it can be. The dog food cans, I fill up with water once all the wet dog food's out, and then I make sure that's... I mean, I'll scrub it, but it's like pretty freaking clean. So um, yeah, in general, all of my cans are clean and all of that. But here's the problem with this food. I'm so freaking annoyed about this. I don't know why no one's complaining. And this was, the, they just delivered them two days ago. And we already have like our garbage collections tomorrow morning. There's already neighbors with it out tonight. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You guys are already on board with this bullshit. So we, so we have to put the, just all kinds of garbage and there, you know, food leftovers. And they say in here, you know, make sure you put it out each week so that the food doesn't get smelly. How about moldy and disgusting? And okay, so here's the part that I don't get. Like they didn't cover this part at all. The whatever truck driver, the garbage man's going to come up with their machine. It's going to grab the claw, you know, the claw's going to come out or whatever. It's going to dump the shit into the truck and then it's going to slam it back down on my street. And then there's going to be food all over the inside of this garbage can, right? That's not, it's not going to be clean. And you're not allowed to use bags. There's no bags. And somebody at work was saying, oh, you should tape a bag around the, like the lip of it. And then when the machine comes and dumps it in, it'll all come out of the bag. I'm like, yeah, but the force of that arm, when they dump that thing, it's like really, I don't know if they use this all over the place, if everybody knows what I'm talking about, but it's like claw that grabs your garbage can and just, you know, throws it over into the truck hard. And I think it even like bounces it a few times. Well, I could just see that bag falling in and then you'll get in trouble. So because they do, they do um, audits on your garbage. Like it's happened to me before. I put styrofoam, a styrofoam egg carton in the recycling and they left a note inside my 
I don't know, on my front porch or something. They said they'd come by and they noticed. I was like, what? Are you freaking kidding me? So yeah, I got in trouble and they said, if you do it again, you'll be fined. I was like, I didn't even know that I wasn't supposed to put styrofoam in there, but I never did it again. And I really don't normally do that, but I did it that one time and I got caught. So I'm trying to be, you know, do the right thing here. So this is the other thing. So, okay, all the all the food goes in there, you cut, it comes back and then you're going to have food waste all over the inside of the garbage can. So you're going to have to clean this every week and you can't do it with a hose. Let's say it's cake. Let's say it is cake with frosting. Do you think that cold hose water is going to clean the inside of this garbage can out? No, you're going to have to wipe that shit out all the time because that's going to pile up on the bottom and get moldy and disgusting. It's going to be so gross. I, I can't, I'm so annoyed about this. And then secondly, we have, we have wildlife all around where I live. They're for sure going to dump these garbage cans over the raccoons and get in there. And there's going to be food all over the streets. Like I guarantee it, which is fine. I don't mind the raccoon, the raccoons eating, but I just have a feeling like they are going to get into it and it's going to bring more of them in the, to the neighborhood. And there's going to be more problems with that too. So I don't know. Whoever came up with this, this idea is, I'm sure it was voted on. I just, I think it's, I just think it's ridiculous. Anyways, that's my two cents on it. I'm really annoyed and I just, the whole thing is grossing me out. So anyways, but I'm going to have to um, change my ways because I don't think this is going to go anywhere and I'm, I don't want to get fined for putting, you know, carrots in the garbage. I don't want to get in trouble. So I'll try to try to do my best. My ex-husband was, we were laughing. I was taking him home tonight because he's doing work in my house. He's redoing my stairs. Oh my God, the carpet's off. And he put, he's, oh my God, we've already done Ryan's room and we're going to do the hallway. And it's so nice. It's the um, Home Depot flooring, you know, and he's, he is very like, um, I don't want to use a better word than smart, but he has come up with a way to do the nosing for the stairs. And it's like, he used redwood from his parents' fencing and oh my god it looks freaking fabulous like he stained it it looks so freaking great anyways I was driving him home Joey was in the car and we were laughing about this whole garbage can thing and he said he goes you should just put like one pickle in there and just be like you know just something ridiculous okay um okay so what's next here oh mushrooms I don't think I've talked about my mushroom I don't think I talked about it at all I'm going to condense this because it was a very long process and it took like I'm on week number six right now. Um, but I got the spores. I inoculated my jars. This was a big process. I mean, I was wearing almost like a hazmat suit. I did it in front of my, you know, with my oven running with the door oven door open. I had this special light on the whole inoculation process. I was cleaning off the needle of the um, syringe in between each jar and like lighting it and cleaning it with a lighter, you know, like flaming it. It was, I was really concerned that if I didn't do this first step right, that I, the whole thing would be blown. And, you know, I was already $160 into this because of the kit and then the spores are separate. They're like 25 so I wanted to make sure I did it all right. And then, um, you know, I every day I've got the heating pad going. Sometimes the heating pad would get too high. By the way, the heating pad or my temperature gauge is not in Fahrenheit. It's in Celsius. Celsius. So I'm always trying to make sure that the temperature is correct. Um, and I just kind of knew it had to be basically between 23 and 25 Celsius, 
which was, I don't know, somewhere, I don't remember what it was for Fahrenheit. I got so used to seeing the Celsius. But anyways, um, you know, sometimes it was really low. It was 18. Sometimes it was freaking up to 28. And I was like, oh my God, I'm cooking them. Or, oh my God, it's too cold. And I just thought it's never going to work. And then all of a sudden, the white starts to show up on the sides. It's called mycelium. It's showing up on the sides of the glass. And I'm like, holy shit, it's, it's growing. Like it really is growing. So it starts to look like a, almost like a firework. Like, you know, when you see in the sky, the big burst of white light that kind of comes out from the center and blows up in a big white, you know, cloud or whatever. That's kind of what it looks like on the sides of the jars. They start looking like fireworks had gone off like a poof, you know, and then they're really pretty. And what is supposed to happen is it's supposed to fill up the whole jar and all you see is white. Um, these are obviously glass jars and mine after five weeks didn't look like they were going any further. I just didn't see that they were going to go all the way down to the bottom as far as the white, but there, every one of them had white. So there was something happening in every single one of them. And that was just exciting to watch even that happen. And then it came to the next process, which is called birthing the cakes. And that's, these are called cakes now. So when you take them out of the jar, you're supposed to put them in a Ziploc bag, um, you know, no air in it with water. So it says, of course, by the time I'm getting all of this ready to be done, I don't have distilled water or they recommended something else. Anyways, I just had faucet water. So a bottled water, you know, so I use faucet water. So I'm like, I don't know, maybe it'll work. It says you can't leave them in there longer than uh, 23 hours. So 18 to 23 hours in the water, each one in its own individual bag. Well, I had to go to work. I didn't have time. There was like some delay. And so it didn't get done for like I think they were in there for 28 hours and there was just nothing I could do about it. And so, and you know, it was 18 of them. So it's a lot of work. And so I get, um, I, and I needed, um, vermiculite, vermiculite. I almost called the company and said, you guys did not send the vermiculite, but then I think, I don't think they actually, I don't think it was part of the kit. So I look up, oh my God, I'm never, let me get to find this stuff. I find it at Orchard. They have it actually it was Ace Hardware. It was like eight bucks, whatever. So I get the vermiculite, I, you know, I left work and ran and got the vermiculite. Um, cause I was done with my day, but all, you know, it's like six o'clock by the time I get home, I'm kind of tired and I've got to like put on the gloves. I've got to take each of these out of the bags, roll them in the vermiculite and they each need to be on their own little square of, uh, tin foil. Oh, and underneath the tin foil is they do send you the bag of perlite, which, you know, is that white stuff that you use for, um, plants, but you just put plain perlite in the bottom and you're supposed to soak it with water first and then drain it. I don't know. I watched a video the night before and I was like, my colander was too small. So I'm just like, forget it. I'm just going to throw it in there. Not realizing I needed to make it more moist. Anyways, I feel like I kind of fucked up on, on a bunch of steps. So I'm like, this is just not going to work. But I have a friend, Josh, um, through um, Instagram. He's doing advocacy. He, I did a TikTok uh, duet with him where he had said that he was just diagnosed. And I got, I did get emotional seeing him be emotional. But we're buddies now. And anyways, he knows all about how to do this. And so I told him, I think I'm just, I told him before I got the vermiculite and everything, I said, I think I'm just going to throw it away. I think I blew it because they're going to be in the water too long. There wasn't uh, mycelium all the way throughout the glass. I said, I just don't think it's going to work. He said, don't throw it away. Keep going. It probably will be fine. And I'm like, really? I'm like, all right. So, I mean, and the, the instructions were specific, 18 to 23 hours only in the bag of water. But I for sure went 
like 28 hours. So I take them all out. I roll them in the vermiculite. I put them on their little tinfoil beds and I, oh my God, I've got to connect a timer now to a humidifier that has a hose that goes into this jar of stuff that they send that looks like lava rocks. You have to add water to that jar. There's cotton in it. And then there's another hose that comes out and goes into the side of the box that they send you, which is like a storage bin. It's like the size of a storage bin. And this has to go on a timer on your wall. I don't even know how to do the timer. I had to look up a YouTube video on how to set the timer. It needs to go off an hour, three times a day. So I think all I had to figure out all of this shit. And I, and oh, and then you have to, there's a light that you um, put through the top hole. They give you all of these, you know, things. And I put the light in, it needs to be on 12 hours a day. And oh, the temperature, I didn't even know it for two days. I didn't even have the temperature pad underneath it or the, the heating pad underneath it. I thought it was just, I just thought it was all humidity. And then two days later I read and it's like, no, it's supposed to be freaking like 75 degrees in there or something like that. So again, I have to figure out the, uh, you, the uh what do you call it the temperature and celsius and all that um I, and then i've got the light going every 12 hours because the mushrooms basically need to once they start growing they need to know which direction to grow you want them to grow up and then you have to have all this humidity going on all the time so i'm like this is not gonna it's not gonna work oh my god it is freaking working unbelievable i am so shocked i saw these two or three little tiny buds smaller than the size of like the end of a pencil, like eraser. And I'm like, is that, is that? And I kept, I kept looking at like, I would see perlite on some of the pieces and I'm like, is that it? Is it doing anything? But it was just a little piece of perlite that was, you know, on the side of the little mound of, you know, soil or whatever. And then the buds, yeah, they started coming out. I couldn't believe it. I zoomed in on it and cause I really, with my own, bare eyes I couldn't tell now it's been three days you wouldn't believe what those little three things turned into plus a bunch more so they are bursting out all over the place on all of the almost all of the um the you know mounds that I have so I can't believe it I can't believe I'm making my own mushrooms and they're really like it's weird I thought they'd be all soft and delicate they're actually really solid they're really hard and solid and they are very phallic too. They all look like a bunch of little penises. It's like, my God, life is so bizarre. Like there's so many things that look like our genitals in nature, but yeah, this is definitely one of them. So I'm really excited. I think like in another week, they might be ready to be pulled off and then dried out and consumed. So yeah, my magic mushrooms are working and I just can't even believe it. So I'm going to be able to supply friends, family, and uh, all that with a good time soon and myself so safely so i'm really excited about that okay um so let's get into this tinder experience that i had today um mm -mm. yeah I'll, I'll i'll do that and then i have a tiktok that i want to play that somebody sent me today that i thought was fabulous um but let me get into the tinder thing first so I, of course i'm always on tinder i'm always talking to people and in fact, I'm talking, I did lower my age range a lot because I just wasn't really finding anyone I was attracted to. Um, in the, I think it was at 45 to 53 or something. And I just, just not having it. So I went down to 29 or 30, something like that. But I'm definitely matching with a lot of 31 year olds, which it's like, you know what? 
they don't seem to care. I haven't met anybody in a long time. It's been about, it's been over two months. I did go on a date with a guy in Gilroy and I had that on my story and we had some drinks and we made out and stuff. I never told him about me. I just didn't feel like getting into all of that. He was in a bad place. He had been, um, in like a long, <clears throat> long-term relationship. He has a child and I think he hadn't been with another girl in like 14 years or something like, oh, I don't know. I feel like I freaking always meet these types. But anyways, he was afraid to even kiss me. I kind of had to like, like, do you want to kiss me? You know? And it was like, it was okay. I wasn't like all that into it, but Anyways, that was the last person I hung out with, and I've just been, you know, haven't been uh, meeting anybody lately, but I am, looks like there's somebody new that I might be meeting. I mean, we are tentatively meeting, and we're both on board, so we'll see how that goes. And he's 31, and my age never came up in the conversation, not once. It's like, I don't know, it just didn't come up. It's like... I didn't say anything to him because why would I? I mean, he's a grown ass man, but I don't know. He didn't seem to be bothered that I was 20 years older than him. So I'm like, I'm, why am I going to say anything? You know, he knows my age. So um, we'll see about that. But there was another guy that I had seen who uh, that I matched with him. And I specifically wanted to see if he would match with me so I could say something to him about his profile um, bio, I was really bothered by it. So he's a muscular dude. He definitely lots of gym pictures, handsome, 32 years old. And, um, I'm not going to say his name just cause I don't think he'll ever listen to this, but I'm just not going to say it. It doesn't matter anyways. Cause it's, it could be a fake name and there's no last names, but, um, well, let's give him a name. Let's call him Sam. Okay. Um, so, uh, anyways, his bio said, what did it say? Um, I am not the man. I'm a man. And he put six one and squeaky clean. And I saw that squeaky clean and I got immediately a gut punch. I'm like, who the fuck does this guy think he is saying in his bio that he's like so much better than everybody else? Like, because he hasn't had an STI or is that because he's, you know, so squeaky clean, um, that he would never date anybody with one. And it just, it really bothered me. So I, I literally like lost sleep last night thinking about it because he replied back to me and I said, um, well, first of all, we matched. And I said, can I ask you what you mean by squeaky clean? Like, I obviously know what he, what he means, but I just want to give him the benefit, benefit of the doubt. So I ask him that, can you just tell me what that means? And I did the emoji with the, hmm, you know, like what, what could you have meant by that? And so I don't get a response and I put it on my Instagram story. Cause I want people to know like, Oh, and that, that this is, you know, a thing. Oh, oh no, no, he did write back. That's right. He did. He did write back. And I did put all of this on my story. He said, um, he went into some little blurb about how he thought his account had been deleted, but it's back. Okay. Cause he took a while to respond. It was like maybe a half of a day or something like a work day or something, which is actually not long to respond. Most people on Tinder seem to take like literally, um, it seems like a 24 hour, like, uh, space in between answering is the total norm. Like, and you should only answer apparently from the guys that I end up matching with, like a really good time to answer is either like 
one to three in the morning for some reason. That's when I can see when they've messaged me the next morning. I get it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, do these people not go to bed? I don't get like, why are they staying up so late? These guys are up so freaking late. Um, or they'll answer you first thing in the morning and then you will not hear anything back the whole day. Because if you are responding during the day, then you don't have a life. And I don't know. I don't really know what it all means. But there's so there's like this weird 24 hour space in between answering. I do it to them now too. I mean, I do it back. I don't answer right away ever. I read it and I'm like, okay, I'll answer it whenever I feel like it. And usually I wait a long time now because I'm, I'm totally jaded now on uh, Tinder. My, I just thinking of like how I used to look at it. <laughs> My God, I look at it very differently now. Um, I just take it all with a grain of salt now. It's whatever, you know, I don't put a lot of, um, consideration into it, you know, or, um, hopes or anything like that. So anyways, he writes back and says that, you know, Tinder's been weird, his account. And, um, but what he meant is that he, by being clean is that he doesn't have an STI. And he said, I hope that that wasn't, I'm not being too upfront with that. And I thought, that's interesting that you're concerned about me thinking that that's too upfront for explaining what you wrote in your bio. No, it's not too upfront. Like you put it there. Like, I should know what it means. You know, you should be clear about it. So I wrote this back to him. Hey, Sam, no worries. It's just that you use the word quote unquote clean, which implies that anyone who may have contracted an STI is dirty. No one wants an STI, but they happen very often. And it makes those who have them feel even worse. And truly, you can't really test for herpes. You may have it and have no idea. It's very common. I contracted HIV and that will, that herpes comment, I'm, I can't wait for you to hear this TikTok because it has to do with herpes. But I said, I contracted HIV from a boyfriend who I trusted. He didn't know he had it. I'm on treatment and really healthy and not dirty at all. Feel free to Google me, Jennifer Vaughn. My story is out there. And then I gave him a heart praying hands. And then the, I don't know what you call those two hands where it's like the flat palms touching each other. Oh my God. Is Oh, it's Owen. Can you text me when you're done with your podcast thing? Because I was going to take a shower. Yes. Okay. So I send that. And of course I'm always a little nervous doing this because I'm expecting, you know, a fight. And I'm, first of all, I'm expecting probably just to be unmatched. And then I also added, also, I know it's hard to believe, but I can't transmit HIV sexually because I'm on treatment and undetectable. So that makes me squeaky clean also. And I get a message from him and he says something about like you, you unmatched me or you, you deleted your account, huh? And that was when I was at the gym this afternoon. And I was like, what is he talking about? Deleted my account. I said, nope, I haven't gone anywhere. And he said, well, it's funny because our conversation's gone. All I see is the last thing I wrote to you. And I said, huh? So I copied what I'd written and I sent it to him again. And I'm like at the gym this today. And I'm thinking, oh my God, he's gonna, it's, you know, it's, and I know I'm like, it's stupid because it's not anybody in person. I don't even know this person, but I just get that. Um, cause I've had this happen to me. I've had people be really rude and either just reject me outright by unmatching right away. It's like I'm a hot potato and they want to get far away from me, which is a terrible feeling as a human to have another human physically attracted to you. And then to hear that there's a part of you that makes them immediately 
feel so turned off by you that they want to just get rid of you as fast as they can. Like that's a terrible feeling. And so I, I have to prepare my, prepare myself for that happening because it's a real reality. And of course with dating there on online, there's no accountability. I can't find this person. So it's easy for them to do that. So, um, or they might come back and say, you know, God, that's gross. Or why are you on here? Like, why would you expose people to this? People could get this. Like, you know, there's, you just never know what someone's going to say. He writes back. Okay. He writes back mind opened. I will change that. I'm actually lower middle-class income earner. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Everyone's nightmare. And then that should have been a new, or it says everyone's nightmare. He meant to say everyone's a nightmare everyone's a nightmare on here. Myself, it's, it's, there's no punctuation. And then the new sentence starts myself and it's like, it's a lowercase M. Uh, anyways, I'm intelligent, but not successful. I also was a Marine for five years. I never viewed it like that, but I totally see how that could feel shitty, meaning like saying clean. So he says, I could see how that would feel shitty. I'm blown away. I mean, he said mind opened. I will change that. So I say, holy fuck, you're a decent human. That is rare. And I give him the emoji with the flat palms, the, the thumbs touching. And he says, I don't want anyone to feel like shit because of my doing so. Thank you. Um, cause of my doing. So thank you again. There's no punctuation. <laughs> so I say you're blowing my mind right now. Really? Thank you for being so kind. So grateful. You didn't get angry and saw my side. He said, I changed it to something rather obnoxious instead. Laugh out loud. So he changes it to now it says, hold on. I got to find it. Why can't I read that? It says a man, not the man. And then he changes his height to six two. I don't know why, but he says, and fit as, and then he put an F with a bunch of symbols, exclamation point. So that was his new obnoxious bio, which I thought was perfect. I said, love it. Even if you didn't say another word to me, you just made my whole day. And then he says, wait until you see what I can do in person. And he puts a wink and I'm like, oh my God, like he wants me. What? Oh my God. I didn't expect it to go that way. Um, so I say, um, I'm totally intrigued now. And I give him the emoji with the tongue sticking out at the side. And this guy is like super, super fit. And he says, and here come the nudes. And I'm thinking that he means right on. We're on the same page. I can't wait to see your pictures. Right? So I put laughing emojis, a heart and a thumbs up. And I said, I'm at the gym right now. You're fucking me up. And, um, we start going into, okay, so that was the end of the text messages. So we start going and he starts leaving me voice memos right away. And, um, they were like basically talking about like dating and dating on online, nothing about HIV or anything. And he did say, hi, Allie, is that how you say your name? Which is my Tinder name. And I had already written that it was Jennifer Vaughn, you know? So it was kind of like, did he just, did maybe he didn't read the message. So I say back in a voice memo, Hey, remember I'm, I'm actually Jennifer, but actually I think I typed it cause I wasn't figuring out the voice memo thing at first. Cause we are, he's I'm iPhone, he's Android. So he was leaving me, um, those kind of messages with his voice memo. I finally figured it out, but anyways, Oh my God. He goes, he just says, um, so basically he said, Oh my God, uh, sorry. I, you did say that in the message where you told me you had HIV, no problem. And I said, so we went back and forth about, 
you know, what it's like dating the different age groups, and he just likes older women, all that's great. And without me asking, he sends a torso photo of him. I'm like, and by the way, nothing yet um, has been said about my physical being at all. Like you're hot, love to get my hands on you, nothing. It's just, I get that picture sent to me of his body. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it looks great, right? I mean, obviously he's at the gym all the time. He, I mean, like this is a guy that obviously knows he looks good naked, right? And then um, he makes a comment. I asked him about his height because I said, your height went up an inch. And he goes, well, actually I'm closer to 6'2", but um, but I put six one cause technically I'm not six two, but it's too much to write six one and like three quarters or whatever. And he goes, I'm basically the same vertically as I am horizontally. So a reference to his dick. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I, know, I know. I think I put clapping hands cause I thought, you know, that's funny, you know, whatever. Okay. That's fine. So the messages keep going back and forth, back and forth. And we're talking about life a little bit and and just dating. And I'm still not getting that he's flirting with me at all. I did finally say, you know, hey, we should meet up and have a drink. I don't know if that's what you want to do, you know, but I mean, we've already been talking like for probably an hour, all voice memos. Um, but, you know, each one is like, some of them are three minutes long. So it takes three minutes to listen to it. And then you're going to leave another one that's maybe two minutes long and you're doing stuff in between. So it's not like it was consistently talking for an hour. But um, what I realized again during all of that is that he still had not said anything about liking the way I looked. And I just realized that he keeps sending me pictures of himself and telling me that he, um, oh, he sent me one. Okay. So two full frontal body shots, flaccid, uh, schween, but, um, the whole thing like face, chest, nothing on. He's left nothing to the imagination. This is so not my, I don't know, is this love language? This is so how you don't go about turning me on. I like you've blown it a hundred percent right there because I didn't ask to see you fully naked, even though you have a great body. Um, you clearly just need me to tell you how hot you are because I don't know, maybe no one's telling you that, but you are, I mean, obviously you're in great shape facially. I don't even know. Um, I mean, handsome, but, um, not totally sure he's my type, but anyways, just that bothered me that I got two full frontal body shots. You know, they're in the mirror. He's not posing or anything, but it's like, so do you want me to just to tell you how hot you are? Is that what this is all about? Like, I don't even know what to say. So I finally said, yes, you look great. Obviously. I mean, I kind of, and I had said, I gave him enough positive uh, feedback before I got both of those. So he already knew I was attracted to him. And so, and then I was like, you know, laugh out loud. You haven't even told me whether you're into me at all. Like I have no idea. And he goes, no, you're totally. And then he sends a flame, totally hot. I'm like, okay, cool. We're on the same page. And then he tells me something about, um, Oh, he sends me a picture of him. It's a close up of the side of his face with his face buried in between some girl's legs. And you can't see her anything. Just you could just tell like that's what it is because it's really up close. And I can't even tell if it's him or not. And I said and he says something about if we're going to send videos back and forth or whatever, we're going to have to do it through WhatsApp or whatever, because our phones, it won't work with the phones. They'll just be small and grainy. But I say to him, is that you? Because like, 
well, the guy's face is cute. He's handsome. And I'm, you know, this does nothing for me, by the way. For one thing, he's showing me with another woman. It does not turn me on. I don't want to see some dude that I'm attracted to thinking of meeting that he's showing me how he does it with another girl. I don't want to see that. Like, this is all what guys want to see, not what women want to see at all. And I've already seen his full frontal, like, this is doing nothing for me. And even though he's handsome and he clearly looks like he likes to go down on a girl, that I'm not into it at all. So I tell him as nicely as possible, hey, yo, I'm not into you doing things with other girls or seeing it or whatever. Like, I like the mystery. I like wondering and being surprised and, you know, by things that could come. You know, I don't want to know. I don't want it all laid out on the table before I meet you because that just takes all, I mean, just takes all the fun out of it. And I don't know if that's a woman thing or if it's men watching too much porn and they think that what they want is what we want, but I, that is not what I want. So the next thing he says is something about the fact that, you know, if I something about writing him and like, I can hold out and I can something about the fact that he's able to come twice at least. And I'm like, oh my God, another fucking dick reference. This is the third one. I've got pictures of it. You've told me that you're the same vertically as you are horizontally. And now you can come a bunch. Like I, you know, even if all of those things are true, I'd rather not know any of it and have it be a complete surprise. Like I don't want to know anything about your dick until I meet you in person. Like I want that to be a surprise. So I, I don't remember what else. I mean, I can go into the message. I'm not going to open it up, but, um, the last straw was he, and I did kind of say like, Oh wow. Like you're, you know, giving it all away. Like don't say, and I don't want to be mean, you know, cause we'd had such like pretty much totally decent conversation up to that point but he's not getting it. And then he says, I wonder if it'll even fit. I'm like, Oh my fucking God. And that was it. And then I wrote nothing after that. I just stopped. And I feel bad because he was really writing back right away. You know, there's a lot. And, but he was also just telling me all about his life. Didn't ask me one thing about me. Um, I did tell him in one minute how I got HIV and how, you know, the person that I was with for six years didn't get it. So I did manage to share that. And he just said, thank you for sharing that with me or whatever. But like, he didn't ask me anything. Not that I, you know, that's a thing with this whole Tinder. I don't really need to know. (laughs) I don't need to know anything about your life for the most part. We could talk about that all in person if I'm going to meet you. And if there is a physical connection, like we can just move forward. I mean, the guy already knew I had HIV. So it was like, he he was so like, whatever about it. He didn't ask anything about it. I told him you can Google U equals you. If you have um, any questions, that was something I wrote earlier on with my original, like, don't write clean on your bio, basically. And he didn't ask anything about that. I don't think he even Googled me. I'm sure he didn't. Honestly, he was just way too excited to send me photos of himself and show me that he can eat a girl out. He did send me the video of that too, of the girl. And that was like, please don't. Cause at first it was just a screenshot and then it was a video. And I was like, dude, I don't want to see any, but he apologized. He's like, Oh my God, I'm really sorry. I'm like, but then he says the thing about, you know, I wonder if you'll even, if, if you'll not wonder if I'll fit is what he said. God, the fuck? I swear to God. 
I was telling Joey all about this. I'm like, this just makes me hate men. Like, I swear everything was going fine. And then he just, I just feel like he blew it. So anyways, I don't think I'm going to meet him and, and I'm not going to unmatch him. Cause I think it, I, I do, I like to wait like a good long, like two weeks at least. Cause I don't want anyone to feel bad. I just kind of feel bad. It, he's just doing what he thought was right. But it, for me, it just wasn't. So I feel like putting on my bio, you know, please don't send me no D pics. Like I didn't ask for it. Didn't want to see it. And there it is. Great. So, you know, what's exciting to me. I was telling to Joey, I was saying, you know, what's exciting to me is, um, I don't know, like a, a t-shirt, like the, the collarbone, just being able to be seen through like the, a t-shirt that's sort of peeking open at the top through the, you know, the neck hole, you know, just uh, the slightest glimpse of a collarbone bone, like that makes me crazy or like, you know, you know, a little bit of the side of the stomach or the hip showing. Oh my God. Like those things make me cuckoo. And I mean, I'd much rather make out with a guy with his jeans on and no shirt on than have him fully naked. I just, there's something so exciting about still having like a little, some clothing on it's, Oh my God. I don't know what it is. Very exciting. Um, so anyways, that's it. That's what's happening right now. Um, I'm actually matched with a ton of people on Tinder right now, and we're all lazy. And I, I think my daughter would say we're all dry as fuck, but we're not dry as fuck. We're lazy as fuck because nobody's like making that first move. Although some people have, and I just don't want to say anything back because it's going to be the same old bullshit talk. And I don't know. Sometimes you just don't feel like getting into it because it is so repetitive. It's like, oh my God, please don't ask me how I am because that is just the, the worst opening line. Like, just come up with something more clever. So yeah. Okay. Well, um, this has been good. I'm really glad I did this. And um, yeah, I'll um, have to update you guys if I uh, uh, use my my magic mushrooms and if I actually end up going on a Tinder date anytime soon. Okay, guys, you guys have a good one. And thank you for, oh, wait, hold on. I was going to play that freaking TikTok. I almost, oh my God, I just hiccuped and burped. This is the TikTok I wanted to play of that girl who was talking about herpes. I could have sworn I saved it, but, oh, here it is. Okay, hang on. Start a series called Unpopular Opinions with Ginger Banks. Ginger Banks um, is her name. This the, is going to be a real unpopular. The Ginger Banks. And she has over 600,000 followers. So she's totally relevant. Everyone, guys, get ready for it in the comments. My unpopular opinion is that I don't think that people who have herpes should have to disclose it to their sexual partners. I think that the stigma that surrounds it is so much fucking worse than the actual sickness. It's insane. That's why so many doctors tell you not to get tested for it because of your reaction, the way you're going to, you're going to feel about it. And the people around you's reaction is going to be so bad. And it's so funny because there's so many people that are like, oh, I'm going to try and destigmatize it. You know, come on. It's not that big of a deal, guys. But at the same time, as soon as they find out, they're going to be like, well, I wouldn't have fucked you. Hold up. Which one of those? Which one of those are you actually going to, which opinion are you going to hold simultaneously? Because you can't hold, hold both of them at once. And if over 50% of the population has it, 
if you have sex with two people, three people, four people, I think that responsibility is on you to assume that you're being exposed. Just like with the common cold, any other sickness, but for some reason, we've decided to stigmatize specifically HSV-1 and HSV-2, not chickenpox or shingles, which is in the same viral family. Why does that make sense? Why does that make sense? Why is it so stigmatized? Why have people gotten to the point? And honestly, it's so funny because when I see people who are like trying to talk about, oh, you should have disclosed this. A lot of the time they have it themselves, number one, number one. And number two, they're using it to be fucking abusive and controlling. Very rarely have I seen someone react so fucking negatively about it, and they're not either doing it from their own internalized shame or being abusive. So if you are out there, if you're an active sexual adult, you're fucking multiple people every month, and you're some suddenly you're like, oh, they should have told me. No, you should have been educated yourself about your own sexual responsibility. When I finally got cold sores, I didn't blame anyone else. I didn't call everybody that I had ever fucked and been like, why didn't you tell me you had cold sores? I was actually dating someone at the time, and he thought he got so sad. He was like, oh my god, I think that I gave it to you, and I was like, you know what? Honestly, it's not that big of a deal. I was like. It's not a big deal. Like, I I knew the risk that I was taking for sucking mm, and eating mm, with multiple people over the course of my lifetime. And so, no, I personally, my unpopular opinion is that you don't need to disclose that to your sexual partners. And I know it's illegal, but that doesn't mean that it, it's right or wrong just because it's illegal. I don't know that not disclosing herpes is illegal. I mean... I mean, you guys know how I feel about HIV, HIV and disclosure. And if you're undetectable, I don't think like there's any need to disclose it, really. And I just think that um, it's it just gives it all this power. And so I've recently, you know, since I've been, uh, I, well, I haven't, like I said, I haven't met anybody um, in person for a while. But I, you know, I'm feeling like I used to talk about it on the podcast, like how I would approach it and how I would you know, tell them, um, that I have HIV and, you know, I was giving it by just even doing that. I'm giving it all this power where really it should be just like something that's matter of fact and like a sort of an afterthought because it won't affect them. So why make it be this big thing? Like when people ask you, you know, that you've been dating somebody or that you're going to go on a date. One of the first things, of course, because I'm an advocate is, did you tell him you have HIV? Just that, that doesn't, it doesn't need to be that way because I can't give this to them. So why, why even give it that power that it should be this big thing that you have to tell them when it's not a big thing at all? It's nothing. So I would rather, honestly, I haven't done this yet, but not tell somebody and have them find out later and then just be like, well, yeah, well, I didn't tell you because I can't give it to you. So there's like nothing to discuss. Like you want to get a lawyer and sue me for not me not giving it to you? Like go for it. So I don't know. I haven't done that yet, but it, it does. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Like, or definitely just telling someone if I don't tell somebody just insisting on a condom so that they can't come back later. Plus, why not insist on it anyways? I don't know when I'm going to take it and turn it around and say, well, I don't know what you have. So I don't want to get anything. So can you wear a condom? Like you need to wear one, you know, put it on them, make them feel like I'm worried about them. 
I'm not worried about you with me because you got nothing to worry about, but I don't know what you got. I don't want it. So that's just how I've been feeling recently. And uh, because this, I just, you know, it was like going out into the world of dating and talking about HIV and talking about it on the podcast. It did seem like this big thing that I was bringing into my dating life. And it just doesn't need to be that way because it just is a nothing. It really is. And I, I don't want to give it any power. So, um, but you know, the way that this guy handled the clean thing and, and obviously accepting my status was pretty freaking cool, even though I do not think it's going to be happening. <laughs> okay. Now I'm really going to go because now I'm tired. My CVS over the counter sleeping pill has kicked in and I'm ready for bed. All right. Good night guys. Have a great weekend and I'll be back sometime soon. Bye. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate review and share my show. Thanks guys.